you can't hold your beliefs so tightly that you can't accept a different view. You have to be, you have to be willing to drop those beliefs. Like don't fill your arms up with them so much that you don't have room for anything else. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. So listen, here's the thing. What? I'm Joy. I'm Emily. And uh, this is the residuals. The residuals. It's the residuals. It's um, it is a continuation of our last episode that was um with Katrina, and we have the rest of it this time. But you know, we couldn't resist like popping in and saying hi. And before you start listening. I want to make sure that you've done your homework and that you have gone and found ye oldie paranormal statey um, <laughs> and watched the episode I Am Six, which let's just say make you poop your pants. Um, yeah. Because uh, she talks about it right now. That's Are right. Are you ready? Okay. Well, enjoy. Thanks. When we were working um, in PRS, there was a case that we had to go back to twice. And um, we would label this case demonic. Um, Is this the the one with the number in it? It is. It Mm -hmm. is. And we... um, so now demonic, and again, that's, that's like a whole, that's a whole other conversation we can have, but oh, for yes. now, I, I'll just someday. say. Someday, <laughs> here for it. I want yeah. that conversation though in person. Yeah. Preferably <laughs> kitted out in golden girls fucking pajamas again. Yay. <gasps> I'm here I for have, that. I have three pairs of them, Katrina. <laughs> I'll bring my spare for you. Oh my God. I would love it. I was just watching them before we jumped on the Zoom call. <laughs> No, if we get cat like, in on it, we can all take a character and stay in character all <laughs> can night. Can I be Sophia, please? <laughs> I want to be Sophia. That's actually who I, pi- I have a picture really? of you, Yeah. I'm like, I actually just said that to Kat the other day. Well, kind of. It, it was, I was like, I was like, yeah, in my head, she's a Sophia. Um, <laughs> I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> um, so that episode, those two episodes, yeah. that case always, for me was that line of is this something is this someone who is ill and it's Mm -hmm. manifesting itself Mm -hmm. in this it's hard because i so here's the thing that happens sometimes in in the work we do with clients especially sometimes you do find people again that have real world issues right and sometimes those real world issues get blamed on the supernatural again i don't necessarily believe that's anything nefarious on that they're a part I think sometimes it's, I mean, I literally had clients say to us one time, 
we told them we didn't believe they had a demon. They did believe they had a demon. And when we told them what we thought it was, which wasn't necessarily supernatural, um, they were very disappointed. And they were like, well, you're telling us then there's something wrong with us. Yeah. Right. And we're like, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not like not in a mean way. No, but we're, we're saying that there's some real world issues and you need, like, you have to do some work yeah. on that, you know? Right. And um, not saying it's them in a way that they're doing it on purpose that right. they can control. It's that's again, like, yes, it might be something that is coming from you, but you're not doing it because you right. want to. Yeah. Right. Intentional. Right. But you do find, and I believe we've had these where you find real world issues that somebody is also experiencing something unexplainable. Um, in the, in this specific case, I believe it was the latter. Um, everybody was on board with believing it was the latter. Um, we did have, we actually spoke to her healthcare professional in that Mm -hmm. case. And her healthcare professional was like, look, there are issues here, but they do not account for everything, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and PRS, we were always really, really careful about that. You have to understand we were an academic club right. to start. Yeah. So, you know, when, when the club started, there were teacher advisors, you know, mm-hmm. um, and in the science fields. And, um, so, you know, that was always very, very important to everybody in PRS. Um, but the second time we went, I don't think I was in the episode, but I was there. And when I went home, I started having things happen and it started so, so lightly, like to the point where like, you know, I just sort of thought I was crazy. I was like, I'm making this up in my head. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I will never forget the night it changed because I was living in a townhouse at the time. It's a really shitty townhouse. <laughs> I'm like, so shitty. And, um, and I was, I mean, but you know, whatever, we were all poor. And um, I came downstairs, you know, I'm a night owl. So I came downstairs for like a drink of water. It's probably like two, three in the morning, something like that. And I'm in the kitchen and it's like an open floor plan. Right. And I got this overwhelming feeling that somebody was staring at me. Like, oh yeah bearing into my soul, staring at me. And like, to the point where I started checking the windows, I checked the door locks. I was peeking out every, like who, you know, both of my roommates were asleep at the time. One slept in the basement. The other one was on the second floor with me. Um, and I, it was so intense that I was like, what the hell is happening? So then it, it escalated from there. And again, nothing bad, nothing how does it escalate from that feeling? So it, so it all ended the last experience I had, and this is over the course of like two to four months. Mm -hmm. Um, the last experience I had, I was in my bedroom alone, trying to go to sleep and I I'm turned over kind of on this side, my, what is that? My right side. And I hear a breath in my left ear. No, thank you. No, no. I talked to, I talked to everybody at PRS about it. And I was just like, this, this is happening. I feel crazy, but I'm pretty sure something has changed. And the conclusion was what everyone could think of was that it had to be related to that case. Right. And so the advice was to ignore it and it will go away. And so that's what I did. I ignored it. And then the breath was the last thing I had happen. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So I don't and know. And you know, the, but like a breath or like somebody saying something, it's so amazing how you can feel an intention without mm. seeing a physical thing. Because I told a story on here about hearing someone as I was falling asleep whisper externally. I, it was not like me falling asleep and right. having a partial dream. Someone whispered outside next to me, like they were bent down next to my bed and they just went, that's me. Mm. And I was startled, but I didn't feel in danger. Right. Yeah. And it was like the difference of that feeling of something is here and it is not going to do anything good for my life whatsoever. And then having this like, yes, this acknowledgement of that's me, that it's an okay thing. Like I'm just here and letting you know, and whatever. It blows my mind how just a breath, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, that it's good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it was, it was a weird time and everything that was happening was so subjective. Um, for the most part, like I could right. find natural explanations for them, but they were, they were so they, they were things that had never happened before. So it was just like, I, and we kept trying to look for natural explanations. We're like, we don't have, like, I was like harassing my roommate, like in a very nice way. I was like, you're, you're doing this, aren't you? I know you're doing this. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I'm not doing anything. Was and it like things of yours moving or? There were like, yeah, there were just like instances of things that didn't make sense. And, um, but it all ended with that breath in my ear and that was the most where I was like, yeah. Oh shit. But that was also the last one, right? Mm -hmm. That was the last one. And then it stopped. So no, um, no, 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 yeah. no. It's like, yeah. Oh, you're at your most vulnerable. Fuck you. I'm going to terrify you. Yeah. That shit. I hate it's, it yeah. so much. It's but not it's like also, someone's trying to come to you in a good way and be like, I know you're having your morning coffee. Right, Let me just right, quietly right. like move this book that's in front of you. So, you know, so no, it's just like, Oh, you're ready to fall asleep. Boo. That's insane that like we yeah. had, um, one of my old coworkers came on the show and they've got a thing with, um, sewing needles and they live in a really old house. Um, like an old craftsman house here in LA and really old in quotes for LA really standards LA. it's, it's like, like 1920 it's like or something least. like come on they moved in with two small young children they've been there what was it Joy? for like 10 years I think they've been there yeah something like that at least yeah and they started finding sewing needles on the floor and they were the only ones in the house and mm. so they would put them all in like an old film canister and in the sewing kit and then they would keep finding them Everywhere. But they were the same ones. It wasn't new ones. ones. The like the canister, canister would be empty of needles and they would find them around the house. Wow. So yeah. he would find them next to his bed on his bedside table. And then they started finding them in the toothbrushes in the bristles. Oh, weird. But it wasn't like pointy side out to hurt them. It was just like, boop, surprise. Very, yeah, a little apportation happening. Yeah. And so it didn't happen for a while until he started listening to that podcast oh and, and then, then it started, it started happening, happening again, again. Hmm. and then it chilled out for a bit and then he came on our show to talk to us and then his wife the following week opened up her jewelry box to get something and there was a needle with the thread still in it that she had used and put back in the thing obviously before all this shit hit the fan they had a nanny and 
they he did ask her at one point do you think that our house is haunted and she was like oh oh yeah. duh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah for sure i mean yeah she was hearing people upstairs in the house mm, and, interesting like, and there wouldn't be anyone else in the house but they yeah. they also he also was like listen whoever's leaving us needles like we have a couple of small kids could you like do something yeah. different like not leave them on the floor and he's like after that they were never on the floor again they were only in like safe places but like <laughs> we've had these conversations about things and the next thing you know we get an email from someone they're like oh god i thought i was going crazy because my remote control kept disappearing and then it would like it wouldn't but it's not like you put it down then you walk away and then you forget where it is and then you come back it's like it would show up exactly where they put it and mm-hmm. they looked for it and it yep. would like what is the, what, I don't understand that. Like, I'm completely clueless about that. Have you, I mean, have you found that with some cases? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. That used to happen to us when we were kids. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, uh, so they call it apportation. It's okay. when objects move. And um, my mom, I remember one instance with my mom when we were kids um, where she had put down her keys, her car keys. And uh, she like walked away. She came back and the keys were gone. And she was like grilling us. What did you do with my car keys? You little shits. What did you do? (laughs) We were like, we didn't touch them. We didn't touch them. So we're like all looking for her car keys. Can't find them. And then they show up back where they had originally been left in the kitchen. So yeah, I do remember that very, very vividly. Um, And I've been on cases where that has happened. Um, And it's funny because there's there's kind of a disconnect there, right? Science wise. Um, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but, uh, basically one of the debates, uh, one of the debates is, you know, are ghosts made of material or not? Can they move physical objects or not? Because you kind of have ghosts move through walls, but then mm. they close doors. So, you know, do, do those two things really add up? Um, so that's when I go back to, you know, we might not, what we think we might label as a ghost might not actually be a ghost or Mm -hmm. what we have labeled is, or the definitions we have assigned to activity is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, that, that is a phenomenon that happens and I've seen it, um, quite a bit in a lot of cases. There was one specifically that we worked on in PRS in, uh, Delaware and it sounds bizarre, but we believe part of the reason that they were experiencing it is because um, the homeowner was going through menopause at the time. Oh, and now why that becomes, bizarre. we've talked about this a lot. Oh, yeah. Yes. So why that becomes important <laughs> is because if you look at the other side, um, poltergeist activity, which everybody knows the word poltergeist um, mm-hmm. and the activity that's normally associated with poltergeist activity is, uh, you know, like movement of objects. Uh, it kind of looks like random things that happen. There's really no rhyme or reason. It's confusing activity, stacking of chairs, moving up a bookshelf, things like that. Um, and interestingly enough, there was a case in the 1950s in New York, surprisingly not too far from Amityville, um, that made headlines. I mean, it was national news because, there were so many witnesses to the activity that was happening. It's still an open police case um, to this day. It was six weeks of very intense activity and then it stopped. Mm. 
it's a very, very fascinating case. And, um, there was a psychologist that was part of the team that was studying this. His name was William G. Roll. And his theory on this type of activity, what we would call poltergeist activity, mm-hmm. is that it's actually psychokinetic activity and that it stems around young ch- or not young children, but children going through hormonal changes. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. they are actually causing the activity. So then you have to think, okay, well, if that's plausible, or if that could be a thing, then maybe it could be a thing later in life when hormones again are changing. Could somebody actually be causing that type of energy to happen? So we explored that on that case because that seemed like the only plausible thing that we had at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, yeah, so it was just to answer your question about apportation, I've definitely seen them. And that's, that's a case that automatically sticks out into my head because they had a lot of that happen and we actually had it happen while we were there. Oh, no shit. Yeah, there was like a ball, they had like a potpourri ball. Yeah. that ended up in a room when the door was closed. So it, unless it somehow got in there and nobody noticed, but it was like in an area of the room where you would have seen it, right. you know? Huh. So um, we, to this day, we don't have a natural explanation for that. That's nuts. Yeah. I bring this up all the fucking time now, like a horrible broken record. And I am not sorry, everyone fucking deal with it. I am like fascinated. But yeah. Like your sister who's, th- threw away in a that's a whole other thing her wedding rings <laughs> katrina she had she threw them away in a snot rag the wedding she rings was, her wedding she was rings. sick she, she was, had a habit of taking her engagement and wedding ring off she would take them off and leave them on the nightstand she did it one time when she was staying in the guest room because she was really sick she had to clean up really fast after that and just did like a swipe of everything on the night table into the garbage garbage went to the dump and this wasn't like they. (laughs) this isn't the kind of like place where they put it out and the city comes they bring it to the dump so like it was taken all of that garbage was taken she didn't have her rings she knew like in the pit of her stomach knew the other weird thing about this is that the engagement ring her husband picked was basically identical to the ring that my grandfather had made for my grandmother Hmm. and he her husband had never seen it so there was like this link with that and like what was it weeks later yeah it appeared somewhere in plain sight it was in her child's Hmm. room on top of the chest of it was yeah it was next she was was going to change him that's what it was she walked out and came back in and it was just sitting there next to everything yeah huh and she it was like did she forget because she was sick she she has a habit of taking it off and leaving it places so it had been a running joke of like like previously her husband had taken it and like hit it on her so i was like did Uh you does he just have it in his safe and he's messing with you to like teach you a lesson like seriously like go ask him because you can't keep calling me going i can't find my ring (laughs) (laughs) um but it i mean it was gone she knew that she was in that room she knew that she just like took all the stuff and cleaned it up real fast and bagged it up and threw it away and then later realized oh no my jewelry was on that table and it was weeks i mean they turned the house upside down she looked everywhere couldn't find it that's the worst feeling i lost (sighs) my ring for like four hours one time. Oh my God. 
gosh. And it was like, and you know, we had just gotten married and I was just, or no, we weren't even married yet. It was my engagement ring. And, um, I, I put it in a pocket of my pants and I like threw those pants in the laundry, totally oh, forgetting. So oh, no. yeah, yeah, no, that was, that was a bad day. <laughs> oh, God. I found them. I found them before they went through the washer, but. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Gosh, that Thanks. shit's so odd. That's it's so, so weird. Odd. Crazy. <laughs> I will say one of the other things that you bang on about all the time is it's PK man of the day. It's not. That's haunted. what I'm saying. It's PK. Yes. But I'm just saying like what Katrina's just said. It's like. You were right, Joy. Right <laughs> you just got validation. <laughs> Katrina. That you're fucking right. Yeah. Don't stop. I mean, the jury is obviously sticker. out, but I am happy that it is a concept that's getting a little traction. Yeah. Um, instead I mean, of just, oh, just shut uh, up. It's really a ghost. Of course it's a ghost. And it's like 20 years ago, it was like, it's not a ghost. Shut the fuck up. So right. <laughs> yeah. I'll wait 20 years and see where we are with PK stuff. There's a yeah. really great podcast from the BBC right now, going back to things from being from back home, being more like open to it. And the only poltergeist activity thing I'd ever heard about was Enfield, was the Enfield haunting. Mm -hmm. But there's a new podcast from the BBC called The Battersea Poltergeist. And it's really fascinating. And it all is, it's it's all revolving around a 15-year-old girl called Mm -hmm. Shirley. And it seems that the more I'm listening to it, and she's still alive, which is amazing. She's in her 80s now. So they're interviewing her um, with it. And it's like, they give it a name and it, things happen like spontaneous combustion when it gets angry or something like that. And it's like, well, you gave it a name, first of all. So like whatever it was came along, did it, like they'd never had any issues in the house prior to when she turned 15 and then something happened pk or otherwise and then they give it a name and then it like takes on a something of its own mm-hmm. and so i don't know what's your thoughts on that um so there's a couple thoughts in the field about about that right so there's poltergeist activity um in the way that william g roll would describe it right. i.e it is um somebody going through hormonal changes and they are the agent they are causing this stuff to happen themselves um, there is poltergeist activity as in, it is a trickster kind of ghost that it is a ghost, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the way we would think of it as somebody who had died and their comeback, but some sort of entity that is causing this. Okay. There is mm-hmm. poltergeist activity that, um, it is none of the above. It's just some sort of activity that happens that we don't really understand. Okay. There is poltergeist activity, um, where it is something intelligent, negative, manifesting in this way um to get people's guard to go down so when you talk about it gave it you know they gave it a name that would be kind of uh the foreshadowing that (laughs) hey maybe that's not such a good idea to do because there are cases um enfield started that way uh pontifract um 30 east drive slash black monk house started that way where they had this bizarre activity that they then said oh, you know what? It's kind of harmless. We'll just name it Fred. We'll just name it Mm. this. We'll name it that. And then it morphed into something else. So then what was that morph? Was it something um, negative, intelligent, other that was always there 
Mm -hmm. or did something negative intelligent other see this vulnerability and latch on? Right. Or did they somehow invite something by doing that? You know, because when you look at, um, culturally and religiously, especially in Catholicism, when you're looking at these more negative, intelligent kind of entities, they, the rhetoric is that they need an invitation, right? And an invitation can come. I mean, it's, I think a lot of people think it's, it's like, I invite you into my house and that's actually not yeah. how it happens. It's it like can what we be, see in the shadows, they have to be invited in. Right. Right. So it can <laughs> be as wrong. simple <laughs> as like a parent calling out saying, don't you mess with my kids? If you mess oh, with anybody, an that's an invite. Oh shit. Yeah. So. I am. <laughs> so, um, then you have to wonder, okay, well naming it, would that be an invitation? So, so I think within the realm of like poltergeist, there's a lot of diff different ways people look at it and different categories that can fall under. Um, so in that particular instance that you're talking about, I would say it would be like the latter, the latter half of that, mm -hmm. you know, um, but it, it all depends on the case. I think they're all, you know, there's so many nuances that go into these things and it's hard to say. And especially, you know, we're kind of working blind, you know, because again, we yeah. don't know really what we're dealing with. So it's trying to establish the patterns that we can. And of course we have, you know, past cases to work off of that can be helpful. Um, mm -hmm. you have eyewitness experiences that we know aren't always accurate, but they can be helpful. Um, you, but you do have cultural beliefs and religious beliefs, and you kind of have to wade through those waters because there's biases in both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of like putting together this giant puzzle piece that you're not really sure what the picture is supposed to look like. Right. Yeah. That's, that's our job. And it's, <laughs> and it's, sure it's not. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. No um, pressure. So fucking fascinating. Totally I love that. Yeah. I didn't know any of that about the different kinds of poltergeist though. I always just thought yeah. it was, it's PK manifestation bloop. That's it. It's just someone's electromagnetic, not even electromagnetic. It's, it's, it's the disturbance. I wouldn't even know what to call it. No, yeah. I really honestly wouldn't even know what to call it because I don't think that it has scientifically been proven right. in a mainstream way. I, it's I not. Mean, yeah. You um, know, there's and, the men who stare at goats, but like that, <laughs> there's that idea. Um, yeah. I can't help but think like when, you know, we talk about um, possession and um, exorcisms. I mean, there's so many like, scary movies about exorcisms and who was possessed and it's generally a younger teenage girl a lot of the time I feel like yeah. that if you're thinking about a possession it's coming from a religious background um generally Christian if not Catholic um and there is traditionally so much repression specifically of women in that sort of sect that, I mean, at least I'm speaking a little from experience since I grew yes, up. It, it sounds, it sounds like you have a personal connection to this joy. I do. Uh, okay. So there, but, <laughs> but the idea that like, if someone is able to manifest things and they have this ability and they're being repressed and it's coming at puberty and there's a hormonal change, like 
all of those things seem like the perfect storm for this to happen and then get labeled as a possession. Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's a lot of cases that would end up being that if this is something that checks out. Right. Well, so, sorry. So you're saying um, somebody would be going through some sort of psychokinetic energy, but being labeled possession. Right. Got you. Yeah. I think, um, I think there's a lot of possibilities there. I don't ever think something is so cut and dry just because I haven't mm-hmm. really seen that in my work. Um, I think there's certain patterns that we notice there's mm-hmm. certain, so that's really helpful, but I don't, I, you know, what? I, I always think kind of the best practices, if you're going to be an investigator or look into these things is, um, you can't hold your beliefs so tightly mm-hmm. that you can't accept a different view. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be, you have to be willing to drop those beliefs. Like don't fill your arms up with them so much that you don't have room for anything else. Um, because it, you know, that that's where I think we get stuck. So like bringing up all these different, well, what if it's this, what if it's that? I think, sure, let's look into all of it. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, because at the end of the day, again, we don't really know. I fucking love this. I love like, I don't know. I love, I, I love the fact that we, we started this podcast coming at it with a certain perspective, right. And Mm -hmm. a certain idea of what we thought was were the facts or what we thought was all there was to it. And there's so much more and it really is. There are no boundaries here. It's limitless what everything could be. And there is no one size fits all for any of it. And that to me, I find it fascinating, but I also find it really exciting Mm because it's like there's that constant opportunity to learn and to educate myself and then to still keep building off of that. Because at the end of the day, when when you're looking into this stuff, especially when we're talking to people and doing what we're doing, it's giving a voice to somebody. It's helping them to understand a little bit better maybe what happened. And that maybe it validates the trauma that they have experienced while it may have it been invalidated by others as being hysteria or like imagine imagined it doesn't matter it it was real to them and Mm -hmm. so in that happening that's affected them in one way or the other but then it's also then arming ourselves with the tools through this constant evolution of being able to say to them but it's okay because these are the options of what the explanation could be and it's not it's not that scary monster thing that you're seeing that's living in a basement you know it could just be this something else that that isn't this big bad wolf or it could be yeah. but it could still be a monster, it could, it could still like... be a monster. yeah I... and that's that's the those are the conversations like I those are always the first conversations I have with client um or when we sit down to do an evidence review you know it's mm-hmm. it's always the thing of this is what we think right now you know but that could change And Mm -hmm. this is what we think it could mean right now, but that could also change. And, you know, you kind of, you walk them through everything. And I think kind of like where I'm at right now with my work is I certainly have my own journey that I'm going on through this. Right. And, um, but I think outside of me, it's about, you know, let's, let's push an education, let's push advocation, 
for people mm-hmm. that are going through this and because, and it's funny, but I mean, really, who do you call? <laughs> like, I mean, right? Like, who do you call? There's really no one. So um, I would love to see the field get to a point where we're, there's kind of a, a, a foundation, which if you're going to be a ghost hunter, we're all working off of the same foundation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even if you want to be a religious ghost hunter or a non-religious ghost hunter, we all kind of have the same verbiage that we're using. We all kind of have the same understanding of what that means. We all kind of have the same ethics. Right. Um, because I think that, I think that would help tremendously, um, to move the field forward in a, in a more meaningful way. Well, hi there listeners. Do you like scary stories? Do you like listening to them on our show? Do you have your own scary, weird, and unexplainable stories that you would like to share? Well, do I have news for you. What news is that, Emily? Funny you should ask, Joy. We have an email address that you can send everything to. It is the residuals podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter. You can find us at the residuals pod or on Instagram at the underscore residuals underscore podcast. Amazing. Let's get slip and sliding into those DMs. And if you listen to us on iTunes, please go and rate and review us with those five stars. Otherwise, I will cry myself to sleep every night for the next week. Now, should we get back to the show, Joy? Yes, please. I think I think I would be remiss if we didn't ask you. We've, mm. we've been talking for like two hours now. Yeah. The, the, the one last thing, you got to work with Lorraine Warren. Like, I can't, like, Joy knows this. I used to take my demonologist book with me on the plane so no one would fucking talk to me. <laughs> and I would just whip it out. Unless and they were your people. Oh, yeah. And then they'd be like, <laughs> you have that too? I fucking love it. And then I would be okay talking to them. Otherwise, you know. <laughs> Because I used to travel a lot for work and you never know yeah. what you're going to get next year. It's like yeah. fishing at Chernobyl. You don't want to eat what you catch. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, I had my book, but it's like, I, I, she just always seemed like such a sweet grandma, but the shit that she's seen and experienced, like mm-hmm. you got to work with her, but you also got to know her as yes. a person and not yes. just like the, the legend that she is. Can you, can you? speak a little bit on that yes I can I'll let you go to bed (laughs) no Lorraine Lorraine was a gem of a person um I know the Warrens there's a lot of controversy about their work um between some people and I think regardless of where we land on that we can't deny that they absolutely opened the door for us to be having this conversation right now they absolutely opened the door for all the television shows that are on air right now which have led to conversations, which have led to people being able to talk about these experiences with mm-hmm. less of a stigma surrounding mm-hmm. them. Um, I, I, I think that's a great thing, you know? Um, and they also did this at a time. I mean, they were heavily scrutinized, you know, right. they still oh, are yeah. today, you know, but they did it at a time where it really was not okay to talk about this stuff. Right. And yeah. um, in, in that way, I, I, I think they were, 
absolutely trailblazers. Um, mm-hmm. I think the important thing to, to know about Ed and Lorraine was that they were religious demonologists, right? right. So they, they would always have that filter on them. So I think when we're going back and looking at their past cases, we have to remember that, um, that they had a filter of ice about, about, about their work that they were, that they were going through. And again, I don't think that's anything nefarious. They were devoutly Mm -hmm. religious and they worked with Mm -hmm. the church, right? you know? Um, so, and I, and again, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Um, Lorraine very much believed in the work she was doing. She, Mm -hmm. um, I think the thing that isn't really talked about about her but is very evident when you met her and worked with her in person is that she had this really remarkable ability to just connect like what we were talking about earlier the empathy right Mm -hmm. right which is an ability to just to connect with somebody so deeply she was so good at it and she would just come in the first time we worked with her she came in and she sat at the table and she's talking to our client and keep in mind, we had like pre-interviewed this client. We had interviewed them. We had been there for a couple of days and <laughs> Lorraine comes in, sits down. And I think says like one thing to them and they just start crying and oh. like all the, all the fear that they've held in all the stress from the situation, everything just came out and Lorraine just held their hand oh. and, you know, just was such a source of comfort for them. And I think to me, that was Lorraine's work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she, she really was an advocate for people who didn't have an, any other place to go. Um, and I think that is incredibly special about her. Um, she, she was a, she was a funny lady though, too. I'll tell you two of my um, favorite stories about her. We were, this was season one. So, I mean, we were all early twenties, right? We should have energy for days. (laughs) And, um, I mean, we were Penn Staters, you know, number two party school in America. And like, (laughs) uh, we were on this case and it's like two in the morning and we're all so tired and we're just like, oh, we just want to go to bed. And Lorraine's (laughs) like, come on. And she, she always wore her skirts, like always, I mean, she was such a classy dresser, very right. traditional mm-hmm. class, classy dresser. So she would like, it's like two in the morning. She hikes up her skirt and starts like trailblazing out in the woods in the middle of the night. Like she's like making fun of us because we can't keep up with her. Oh my God. She's like, you know, in her eighties and she yeah. totally outdid every single one of us. Oh, um, so good. And then the, <laughs> the other story, it was terrifying. I was, we were flying, I live in Philadelphia. So we were flying to Philadelphia she came, she was on my flight. So I was in charge of like, you know, don't have anything bad happen to Lorraine. Look out for her. I'm like, okay. Oh, no. I'm like, I'm it's on like it. I'm on it. President travels with. She was your nuclear codes. <laughs> she, so I was like, oh, okay, I got God. precious cargo. Got to look out for her. So we were like, um, I think it was just like, let's go to the bathroom or whatever. Right. We get off our flight. Let's go to the bathroom. And I lose her. You lost Lorraine Warren. I lost an 83-year-old woman in the airport. (laughs) But I was like freaking out. I was looking national treasure. Oh my God. I was looking all over that terminal. I couldn't find her. She wasn't picking up her phone. I was just like, oh my God, I lost Lorraine Warren. Something horrible happened to her. So it's probably like what seemed like four hours to me probably was like 15 minutes. And (laughs) I I walked back over to the bathroom and she's like, honey where have you been? 
I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, you know, she, she like ducked around a corner, like, haha, watch what I'm she gonna do. She, she's like, I thought I lost you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have a picture of us. I had somebody take a picture of us right after I found her because, um, she's all smiles and happy and I'm like sweating and like red and like, look like I just had like, you know, like a heart attack. And, um, so, but no, she was funny. We would joke around with her a lot and she, she loved her animals and she deeply, deeply loved Ed. She missed him very, very much. So. I just always um, got like the best grandma vibes from her. Yes, like absolutely. She like, oh, my she sister and I say that the all the time. Apple pie and like keep <laughs> feeding you and just mm-hmm. be like, no, you should really have some more. Kind of like my parents when every time they they want to like tell me they're concerned instead of saying we're worried about you, they always say you look so tired. Are you tired? You look really <laughs> tired. But she would do, she'd probably say it with like pie and a hot chocolate instead. <laughs> like you should eat something. she was very very sweet lady and um yeah I'm very grateful for the opportunity had the opportunity to work with her for uh many many years and closely and you know I had those conversations like we would ask her what was Amityville like what was honey in Connecticut like and you know um so it was it was a pretty cool experience Oh, I love that. I, I never met them, but I saw a couple of their lectures that they did at UConn for the Halloween mm-hmm. like lecture series, and it was, I, absolutely unforgettable. Yeah, yeah, like so completely enthralling, and I mean that was a time when you know the you didn't see things on TV. They didn't have shows. It was before PRS. I mean, it was ninety mm-hmm. eight. Yeah. I think and they showed us videos of stuff and I mean my mind was blown yeah completely it was amazing Would love I have a have question on- oh fine yes. yeah yeah you no it's fine it's not like a long thing um okay. I lived in Rhode Island for a long time and I wanted to know if you ever did any investigations in Rhode Island or in Newport specifically um you don't have to like go into it now (laughs) I'm just wondering if one other time maybe we could chat about that because that is a place that is like part of me now after having lived there yeah it's funny um my mom actually did uh the castle up there that was used for dark shadows yeah Carrie Mansion yeah yeah yeah, Carrie Mansion I went to school at Salve okay so I've been there yeah yeah my mom used to be friends with the owners so she would go up and I guess uh, she had an experience that I, I think could kind of be explained. Um, but yeah, but I have not been, but my mom has. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just we'll have to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. oh, I love, well, then that means that you have to come back, Katrina. You I know, right? You signed a contract whether you like it or not. Um, I started making us do um, a, a gratitude, like a oh. one simple fucking thing that we're grateful for mm. in this whole shit show. You know, I, don't I know. do. You know? I know. Okay, I know what good. you know because okay. every morning I yeah. write. I write a gratitude journal. So I do Monday through Friday. I write my gratitude. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> Look at you guys. You're so um, spiritually fit. I love uh, it. I'm so not. this time joy so what is it that that you have you know what it has really 
helped in the like the darkest days of the pandemic for me has been a reminder that and I and I realize that not everybody has been this fortunate so I don't mean to make light of that at all but I am very very grateful that my loved ones are healthy and safe right now yeah um very very grateful for that Mm -hmm. so that's always my reminder yeah joy knew it (laughs) um I uh, begrudgingly with my Capricorn self will be very serious about a gratitude right now. And I will emote openly. Um, I am very uh, thankful that in my very weird life, (laughs) uh, that it has led me down this strange path. And we, all three of us, um, and I will include Kat because I know that she's listening. Um, uh, I'm very grateful that we have all managed to connect and like hang out over video chat, which is something that still kind of blows my mind when I think about signing on to AOL for the first time in high school. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Wait, but what was I, your screen name? Smashing P. Oh, I forgot you were Smashing uh, P's name. I got hacked out of chat rooms for that. It wasn't until Melancholy came out that people gave a shit. I was just a pariah until then. Katrina, um, what was, did you have? Oh, <laughs> I did. What was yes. it, Katrina? It was Bling Blingin 302. Yes! <laughs> no. My opinion of you just drastically changed in a way that I don't want to talk about. <gasps> I'm kidding. Listen, mine was Chemical 78 because I was oh, really Jesus wearing Jinkos. And I was like, I like the Chemical Brothers. And of course, people didn't take that from it. They were just like, what the Chemical 78? What? And it was okay to put 78 as your birth year because then yeah. you were fucking old yet. Right? People are still like, oh, she's she's under 21. <laughs> now it's like. Now I have to doom scroll when I'm having to put in my birth date for things online. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, anyway, Joy. All right. Sorry. Yes. No, I, I'm I'm just very happy that our paths have all led us to this fucking moment. <laughs> I think it's real cool that like I've been a tattoo artist for over two decades and I'm sitting here talking to Katrina who I used to watch on TV like over 20 (laughs) years ago. It's mind blowing, man. So yeah. (laughs) Emily? I will say I just had one of those Facebook memory things pop up from like 12, 13 years ago from like back before people could comment on your status. Mm -hmm. And it was saying that I was watching Paranormal State and (gasps) trying not to be too scared. So I was making myself brownies. Oh my gosh. To avoid scaring myself because brownies solve everything they, they trap actually dark do entities they can. <laughs> if they're dense enough they can really do it that's um, so funny how oh funny my is God, that that's hilarious A fucking facebook memory i'm grateful that my parents got their first vaccination jab in the uk mm-hmm. yeah um my dad just had a really bad health scare and ended up having to go to the emergency room and so far touch wood it's been two weeks and he didn't come back with any symptoms or anything wow. thank goodness i'm grateful that my parents got the jab 
the first of their two jabs and they get to go back in 10 to 12 weeks and get the next one and you know we'll be able to keep them around hopefully for a bit longer that's great fantastic yeah and then maybe we can all be next we'll be before you though katrina because we're old <laughs> in uh in obstetrics. i don't know i think more people need <laughs> katrina to travel than they need me to <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for coming on oh thank you guys so for having fun. me yeah I'm, thank you oh god and one of these days like not to scare you but we yeah. will go somewhere be locked in a cabin in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and just hang out i would love it i can't wait to meet you all in person yeah it'll be fun dude we'll just hang out watch some golden girls play a little light as a feather yeah, I have my Golden Girls Monopoly board that I have refused to unwrap <gasps> until after pandemic when I can play it with people who aren't going to be all like, right. Well, we all have plans. Thing is about cheesecake and the lanai. Yes, and I have my trivia game, so <gasps> and we can play a little trivia, a little Monopoly. I'll have to and cram. I need to start watching it. <laughs> so, this is perfect. I found Estelle Getty will come through. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that was the other thing with the needle guy. His friend used oh, to live right. in Estelle Getty's old condo, the one that she died in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, the poor thing. He was, things were happening and he found her fucking wallet with her driver's license. No. He was like, oh, Estelle, I found your wallet. So that mm -hmm. happened. Yeah. Yep. What? I know. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Like, I want to be haunted by Estelle in a nice way. But, yeah, um, oh, poor Estelle. I found a bunch of Golden Girls Mad Lib books before the holidays. That's amazing. And it's like, I don't know why, but I just kind of hoarded them. And so <laughs> now I have them to send to people. So Make I just... photocopies and you'll oh, have them forever. Maybe Ooh, I could do that's that. Smart. I like yeah, that. So I'll bring Mad Libs. We're golden. We're good. We're I love golden. it. Great. I love Get it. it. Fantastic. <laughs> Unintended. All right. So until Katrina, thank you. I'm actually going to let you go now. Um, so <laughs> until next time, um, everybody out there, please say to your sofa, um, wash your hands. Don't be an asshole. Wear a mask. Yes, please. Yes. And most importantly, don't be afraid of the dark. But I fucking will. I promise. Katrina, fucking awesome. thank you so much. Thank you You're so lovely. much, y'all. No, thank you guys. This is fun. Yeah, it was good to see you again. Yay. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Thanks, Joy. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see you again. <laughs> oh my God, that was my serious voice. It was great. It was really lovely. Yeah, I really God. enjoyed it. <laughs> you are from the East Coast. Don't you get this? Jesus Christ. Joy. It was really up. nice to see you again, Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay, okay bye bye guys emily i hope you feel better i'm sorry you're not feeling Thanks. good I know. and i love your hair too on it i think it's so cool it's so shiny. i did it myself it's very shiny thank it you is. again really it's the filter that i've put on from the <laughs> i love right. it though it's cool thanks appreciate it yeah all right bye bye guys bye. thank you for having me come back soon <laughs> Okay, I will. <laughs>